Dina has a special this morning. Again, if you will, open your Bibles with me this morning to Luke 19. As I was studying this week, I thought, come meet Jesus. What a wonderful title to a message. What a wonderful title for a Sunday. Come meet Jesus. And I think as Christians, that should be our goal for the lost in this world is to ultimately come meet Jesus. Uh, I hope that if you are here this morning and don't know Christ, that you will come to a knowledge of who He is 
through this message. In Luke 19, if you will, stand with me as we read God's Word, starting in verse 28. And when we had thus spoken, he went before, ascending up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass, when he was come nigh to Bethphage and Bethany, at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go ye into the village over against you, in which at your entering ye shall find a colt tied, whereon yet never man set. Loose him, and bring him hither. And if any man ask you, Why do you loose him? Thus shall you say unto him, Because the Lord hath need of him. And they that were sent with were sent, went their way, and found even as he had said unto them. And as they were loosing the colt, the owners thereof said unto them, Why loose ye the colt? And they said, The Lord hath need of him. And they brought him to Jesus, and they cast their garments upon the colt, and they set, set Jesus thereon. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among them, among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke the disciples, thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if they, if these should hold their peace, the stone, the stones would immediately cry out. If you will, bow with me for a word of prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for your word and thank you for its teachings. Help us as we study it this morning that we will come to a greater knowledge of who you are. Dear Lord, thank you for your Son and thank you for the ultimate sacrifice He had to pay for our sins. Forgive us of our sins. In your name I pray. Amen. You know, on this day, the the people that surrounded Jerusalem as they were coming in, they were looking for a political leader and one that would overthrow the Romans. According to the Word English Dictionary, in one of the other Gospels, the people cried Hosanna. And that word crying Hosanna was crying, save us now. Not a spiritual salvation, but they were looking for a physical salvation from the Roman rule. The salvation uh, that we're going to look at this morning is the salvation of Christ. But these people, they wanted salvation from Roman rule instead of the bondage sin had on them. They were looking to accept Jesus as a political leader instead of a savior. The people proclaimed Christ as king. As you look at verse 35 through 40, you see that. And in, in not only their, their speech, but their actions. The actions of the people showed Christ as king. The disciples put their clothes on the donkey so that Christ could sit on them. The people laid their clothes, and in the other Gospels we find that they laid palm branches. A matter of fact, in uh, 
the palm branches was not talked about in the Gospel of Luke, but it was mentioned in Matthew and Mark as just branches, and then John twelve thirteen identifies them as palm branches. The significance of the palm branches represented goodness and victory. This is a representation showed through through the Bible. As a matter of fact, in First Kings six and twenty nine, we found we find that Solomon put the palm branches on the temple walls and the door, signifying goodness and victory. In Revelation seven nine, we see this heavenly scene that people are clothed in white, honoring Christ by palm branches in hand. This was a sign of goodness and victory. This is, this is only something they would do for royalty. That's what that heavenly scene is. They, matter of fact, it says in Revelation 7-9, they were before the throne, before the Lamb. They were standing in the presence of the Lamb, but before the throne, it signifies royalty. And this was shown, the people showed this, they did this for Christ because they had hope that Christ would be the king to conquer Rome. As Jesus rode into town, not only their actions proclaimed Jesus as king, but their shout proclaimed Jesus as king. In uh, verse 38 it says, Blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. The Pharisees said, Master, tell your disciples to hush, hush up. Tell them to be quiet. Rebuke them. And Jesus said, if the people didn't shout, the rocks would begin to cry. It was true. Christ wanted them to see Him as King. But He didn't want them to just see Him as King. He wanted them to see Him as King of kings and Lord of lords. His goal wasn't to overthrow Rome and set them free from Roman bondage. His goal was to conquer death and set us free from the bondage of sin. That was Christ's goal. Not only did the people here proclaim Christ as king, but also the Old Testament prophecies proclaimed Christ as king. Zechariah 9 gives us an input into this. But before we go into it, one might ask, why did Jesus ride in to town on a colt? People throw down palm branches and their clothes for Him to come on. And, And Jesus should have humbled Himself, right? That was the Christian thing. The story seems strange because Jesus never did things like this publicly. Uh, on several occasions, Jesus told the people that He healed to go away and tell no one. Why would Jesus do something so publicly? But we see in Zechariah 9 and verse 9 why He did it. It says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy King cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, 
lowly and riding upon a donkey and upon a colt, the fowl of a donkey. We find the reason that Christ did this not only in Zechariah 9, but in Matthew 5 and 17. Jesus had a goal. And it, it says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law of the, or the prophets. I am come to... Uh, I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Jesus' reasoning, reasoning behind coming, riding on this donkey, was not to say, uh, here I am, uh, I, I'm the king that's going to overthrow Rome. His, his reason for doing it was to fulfill the law and the prophecy that Zechariah wrote in God's Word. The prophecy from Zechariah, Jesus must feel. But see, the people didn't realize at this point that verse in Zechariah 9, 9, it also says, He has salvation. In order for Him to have salvation, He had to conquer death. Jeremiah 23, 5 uh, through 6 is another uh, prophecy that was fulfilled here. Uh, or needs to be looked at in Matthew 21, 9, which is the same account, just in a different gospel. Uh, Matthew 21, 9 says, The people said, uh, And the multitudes that went before Him that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. The Son of David. Jeremiah uh 23, verses 5 and 6, tells us, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his day Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely, and this is His name whereby He shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Mark 11.10 says the same thing. The people knew He would be from the lineage of David. Now to the Jew, this was very important. Heritage is very significant to the Jews. That's why Matthew, while writing to the Jews, made this very evident. The people knew this. Matter of fact, how does Matthew start off? He starts off with a lineage of Christ, tying him back to David. And uh, yes, it was prophesied in Jeremiah 23, Jesus would rule and reign. But it also said, and what the people may have forgot, He will be called the Lord our righteousness. The only way we have righteousness at all is through Jesus Christ and what He accomplished on the cross. The people forgot that He had to conquer death in order to be called the Lord our righteousness. What He accomplished on the cross paid for our sin debt so that we could have righteousness through Him. 
as we keep reading in our text and we look at uh, verse 41, it says, And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hast known, even thou at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes, for the days shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee and can pass thee round and keep thee in on every side and shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Now, as I studied that last little phrase, the time of thy visitation, I come to realize that it's talking about they missed God. The time that God came to visit them. And that's what Jesus was talking about. He came riding through. And they saw Him as King. They saw Him as the conqueror. The one that would conquer Rome. But they didn't see Him as God in flesh the Son of God. If He would have been accepted, verse 25 or 45, 42 tells us about the peace. But if rejected, destruction was inevitable. Verses 43 through 44, Jesus was prophesying of things to come. Rome marched against Jerusalem in A.D. 70. That's That battle is what Jesus was prophesying. But I don't think Jesus was just prophesying what happened on Rome, uh, Rome and Jerusalem on AD 70. This relates to, our, to the lost and the coming judgment that we would face if we did not accept Christ. Destruction would be inevitable. For the wages of sin is death, that is destruction. But the gift of God is eternal life. Is destruction your end result this morning? But if known, how does he start? How does he start? Verse 42 If thou hast known, salvation was theirs, and salvation is ours. If we only knew Christ. If we knew Christ. If we know Him. If we have our personal relationship with Him. They could have known peace. They would have acquired uh, on that Passover. You know, this is an interesting thought. For generations after generations, they had to go in preparations for the Passover and find the, the perfect Lamb to sacrifice. But in preparation for this Passover, they had the opportunity to know the perfect Lamb. He came riding through the streets. They had the opportunity to know Him and to accept Him and never more look for another Lamb. Because He was the Lamb of God. He was the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. He was the Lamb that they needed to cover their sins. No more searching for the right Lamb. 
Because Jesus was Him. And I want to beg you this morning, don't miss Christ this morning. This morning, I hope you didn't come looking for a Jesus that you wanted, but rather for a Jesus that you needed. He what we we as people here in this church have proclaimed his name through hopefully through song and through preaching. We have proclaimed his name. We've looked and examined the scripture that proclaims who he is. And it's up to you to miss him or accept him. Have you accepted Christ as your savior this morning? I hope that as you come to our services this morning and we've proclaimed Him in song in every, in every way that we know, that you won't go away without accepting Christ as your Savior. As we get ready for a hymn of invitation, the people knew Him as King, but they didn't know Him as Savior. I hope this morning that you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. As we sing. Hymn number 403. Let's about him you've heard what the bible has to say about him but you've never accepted him you know christ this morning